Hey everyone, this is Drew, and welcome to Connected. Today we have an interview with Rahul Tarak, who is revolutionizing the future of video editing. Hope you enjoy Rahul's story, and let's get right into it. Hello everyone. Today we have Rahul Tarak from India, who is the founder and creator of Modified Video, an in-browser compression tool. Rahul, thank you very much for being on our podcast.、Um, can you briefly introduce yourself to the audience and? Uh, share what Modify Video is and what you're trying to solve and build here. Sure. So I'm I'm Rahul.、Uh, I'm from India, and、uh, we started as this kind of like in-browser technology, which allows you to compress and convert video. But I think we have like slowly pivoted from that, and like we're looking to to democratize video editing and make something like a Figma for video, make it really easy to get started with video.、Uh, Lots and lots of people are getting into user-generated video. That's the new trend. Instagram is moving from a picture app to a user-generated video app. Everybody is interested in this space, but、uh, like desktop-class video editing tools are very difficult to use. If I gave you Premiere Pro and I asked you to do do anything with it,、uh, if you hadn't used it, I would bet you wouldn't be able to do anything with it. And these tools are quite expensive.、Uh, Premiere is quite expensive. Final Cut is quite expensive. It also comes with a barrier to entry of a Mac. But we think we can make this much easier, much more、uh, simple for people to get started with, people to to get into the the space, and we can help enable the next、uh, million, ten million creators to to get started、uh, with video, and that's like the funnel to the rest of the creative economy, and it's kind of where most kids want to be today. So it's definitely an exciting space to be in. Wow. So. It has the same features as Premium or DaVinci, but it's just、um, on the browser, like real time. You're saying, or much more easier to be uploaded. I, I think. I think early on we probably wouldn't have feature parity with something like DaVinci Resolve or Premiere Pro. But but the honest truth is, most people don't need those kind of features.、Uh, there are plenty of videos even at the top of YouTube that don't use nearly as many complex features, and they just need、uh, much more basic things. So. Uh, initially, it will start as something simple,、uh, something that gets gets the job done, done, and then it'll slowly move into something that can be that for everybody, be your、uh, complete Premiere Pro replacement. But I do think that is in the order of a few years、uh, in terms of feature parity with something like Premiere. After all, Premiere has been around for twenty twenty five years. So wow! So it sounds like you're targeting or you're trying to help. More people who are in the beginner space, like who's just beginning, and this is going to be a really easy tool for them to get their YouTube or their uh, video um, content up. Exactly, that's the idea. It, it's to like make it really easy to start, and I think there are a lot of like interesting things in the space that are not been tackled in terms of like how,、uh, how how to make it easier for people to get started with video and get into video, and, and the kind of tooling that like people use in video is not like. Not comparable to other spaces, but it's like much easier to get started. And there are complexities, and it is a technical field, but it really shouldn't be this hard, right? And 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 I think it can be much simpler.、Uh, and that's kind of what we're trying to make. How did you even come up with this? Like, were you were you? Is this something that you wanted to solve yourself, and that's why you came up with it? And just said, you know, I'll just build it. Or how did you come up with this? So I, I think it came in phases, right? Like like this this idea didn't come up overnight. It came in like phases. We we grew into this idea, but but I think like the original version of Modify, like the in browser、uh, compressor, that kind of、uh, got me into Pioneer. That kind of started as something that I wanted. Something that was like, hey, like I know how to edit video, but like I am 
OS hopping a lot, I'm on Linux a lot, and when I want to do something simple, it's really painful, it's really annoying, and I just wanted something simple, and I was exploring some technology. There was no real company here, there was an open source project I was just hacking at, and I think Pioneer was kind of what changed a lot of that. When I got into Pioneer, there was a much grander ambition, like much more push to like, let's go try something big. Let's let's try to go with something much bigger. And I think I was scared to, to really go after this big framing like Figma for video or Final Cut in your browser. So it was in a few stages. It started as, as a simple tool that I wanted to build. It was not really a company. There was, there was nothing really there. It was just something I was hacking away at. Then that kind of did quite well. Uh, it was on the front page of Hacker News. It did well, decently well on the product hunt. Uh, it, it, it was growing and it was on Pioneer, like I got into Pioneer and then I kind of rolled into those at that phase and even through early this year, there's many explorations of like where this could go. And I think this was the thing that I found was most interesting. Like this is the thing that connected with me the most because I've been video editing for, I would say maybe six, seven years, six, seven, eight years. And like I started when I was a kid uh, playing with iMovie and like Windows Movie Maker, Windows Movie was terrible, but like iMovie. And it took me years to develop those skills and then uh, to develop Premiere Pro and After Effects and all these skills. And uh, I think it could be a lot simpler. So it, it's definitely a, a need that arised from something that I noticed in like my own experience as like a video editor. And like, I mean, I think everyone has their unique story on like becoming where they are right now. I mean, if you ask me, I have story that people will say I'm crazy because I'm my background and what I'm doing is so different but um I'd love to hear how like you know you were I'm pretty sure you were a student you were being educated you're going through that that route I would say normal route if you if you would say that but then how did you kind of like start this whole you know I'm gonna start my thing I'm not gonna get you know go to college go to like a job or stuff like that but I'm gonna you know just build my stuff so I also think that decision came incrementally in the same capacity, right? So like I was always interested in entrepreneurship. I was I was never someone who could sit still and do nothing. I was always <laughs> interested in doing something. That was still high school. That was still uh, even middle school. I was always running events, doing projects, hosting hackathons, all these kind of things. Uh, I, I could never really sit still. But I, I do think like when like I went into college and like through the later half of high school, that idea of like let's go do a startup had like somewhat faded into memory. It was not something that I was thinking about in the short. Uh, but COVID happened, and again, there was not like a startup kind of thing. It was just like, hey, like let's take the semester off. It wasn't even let's let's take a year off or let's take uh, let's take off college. It was like let's take a semester off and let's just build things, random things. And I had a part-time job and I was doing another fellowship and I was doing a few other things. And I was working on this and I was working on a few other projects. And this kind of started doing well and then Pioneer happened and then it was like, let's take another semester off. And then we got into a, a fellowship that gave us a, a, a grant to, to, to chase this a little bit more, give us some money in the bank to, to hire a few people, especially in India, decent amount of money to hire a few people. And like, let's go a little bit more. So that, that, that validates the second semester. And you can slowly like inch away at like, okay, now, now the third semester is happening and then the fourth and then the fifth. So I, I don't think it was like, and, and I also think that's like a much easier way of like people are thinking to like, 
convince parents or like have this conversation with other people or anything like that. I think it's much easier to say like, let's take a semester off and then like we'll reassess and then we'll take another semester off and then we'll reassess. It's a fair to say like, let's take, like let's just not be in college anymore, right? Because that's like a much more radical decision or like let's not do jobs anymore. And, and, and I think like that decision also when I said it happened in stages like, uh, like I got into Pioneer, but I was still like doing part-time jobs till about like February uh, this year. I, I was even doing a full-time role in December. So I, I was still experimenting with other things and seeing like where I'd be interested in, like where I'd fit, right? So it was just a lot of experimentation to see like uh, what kind of works. And I think like that, like, I think that's true for most people. It kind of becomes like this. You take an extended internship or like an extended, uh, like your one semester break just becomes like a forever break if, if things work out. I mean, when you start something, you kind of um, you kind of have a lot of like hurdles or obstacles to you know go over, right? Like it's gonna sometimes it's not gonna work. It seems like oh this project is cool, but no no one's gonna use it. It's not moving forward. Not even baby steps. Um, I'm pretty sure you might have been in these situations where it felt like it's not working. Um, how did you overcome that? Or what do you do? Do you like pivot or do you keep working on it? Do you find another solution? How do you, how do you solve those situations? So I will answer this question with a caveat that like we are still very early in our journey. So I, I wouldn't take advice from someone like, like myself so early in the journey. Like you should really be looking to someone who's like successfully exited or like successfully completed the journey. There's a lot of like startup advice that's like hard and you have to do those hard things. But I think sometimes we we do disregard a little bit of the conventional startup advice and we say like, hey, this is what is motivating us and this is what we're enjoying doing. Whether it's like, like this month it's talking to customers or this month it's building or this month it's something else. And we're just going to do that, right? Like we're going to do like whatever is like the most motivating thing right now and like what's enabling us to keep going and like what like allows us to keep moving. In terms of like, like other things, like things are not working. Yeah, I think that always happens, right? Things are always not working. And I think it's it's a lot of like, you have to experiment and try things. And sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Uh, but when you don't, it's really about like learning those mistakes. So uh, we've tried many variations of our product. We've made a few different launches, few have worked, few have not worked. And generally the, the not work, we, we kind of take a step back and we kind of reflect and we say like, hey, what went wrong here? Sometimes it's like, okay, this should have been like a two-week prototype and it became like two-month prototype. And that's the mistake here, right? Like there was a little bit of like interest, like when we started and we talked to a few customers, but like there was not enough interest to spend this much time building. So, so I, I think like each case is different, but I do think like, like obviously like pivoting helps a lot, like people pivot a lot. But I think the general thing that, that that's worked for us over the last like uh, eight months or a year, maybe a little bit more than that is... Uh, kind of it's important to like do the thing that like motivates you enough to keep going forward right like what 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 is like whatever it is even if it's not the ideal thing to be doing at that point if like the ideal thing if you did the ideal thing and you just get burnt out in a month versus you can do this the thing that you enjoy for longer and you can keep going you should do the thing that like motivates you Cool, cool. You just talked about your team. And I think, to me, I think a startup is a bunch of, you know, people who are motivated and who have the same mindset 
to make this project work. And that's why I think a partner is very important. Um, I'm curious how you kind of select or decide who you want to work with as a team. Like, is there a priority that if you see this and th this person, I would like to work with this person? Whereas versus if you see this, it's a red flag. Oh, no, I'm, I know that I'm not going to be able to work with this person as a partner. So I think a realistic answer to this question for most people is the number of choices you have for who can be a co-founder or who can be a partner in a project is normally quite limited. Uh, I think sometimes the realistic choice is just whoever is there and like whoever you get along with uh, and whoever is willing to do it. This question is probably more useful in like an early team kind of situation where you can like pick out more than maybe one or two just co-founders. Right? So in terms of our early team, we have about we have two people now. We had another person who was with us for like a month and left. And I think what works is be the same person, like, like be very similar people. Like you need to get along, have very similar interests, like essentially like have the same like motivation towards what you're doing. And I think those are like the important things. We're all kind of like night owls, like nocturnal people. Right? Like we start our days in the night, we work throughout the night. Someone we had on for a while was someone who'd wake up at 6 a.m. and sleep at 9 p.m. Nothing wrong with this person. It's just not someone who gels in like like your time or like who like 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 initial like internally has that kind of like this one right. So it sounds like you're saying it's really hard to find people who have like the similar mindsets physically. Like you met your co-founder in college, but you know where else can you find people that are entrepreneurs that want to build their stuff? That's why I wanted to build Connected. Where I had a hard time finding my first co-founder, uh, Justin. I kind of met like a, more than a hundred people and then I finally found him and I was like so happy. But where do you usually meet these people? Is it like all physically through uh, your college or do you actually now go online or is there a platform or where do you find these people that you talk with? And it happened to me like uh, I, I was in high school till 10th grade and there was nobody else who could remember in my class, no one to talk to, no one to go to hackathon with, no one to do interesting things with. Then in the school that I went to for 11th and 12th, I had a full team of five people, five engineers, really good friends. We worked along the way, we did a bunch of projects and that was just luck, there was nothing there. Yeah, like I, I do think communities, like what you guys are kind of with Enacted, Pioneer, uh, Discord communities, and like Tech Twitter, it's like great ways to like meet interesting people. The caveat to that is like, like how do you break into those circles without something like Pioneer? Well, I mean, that's that's a great answer because um, that's why we, that's what I thought about Connected. We also have a Discord. We have a community that we're building where anyone who has a mindset or wants to build something who is, who, who is interested, an entrepreneur, can, can join. And they can talk with people like you, people who are, you know, building their stuff, um, you know, learn from them, find partners, and then, you know, hang out. Because I really think if you hang out with people who are entrepreneurs, you learn a lot. And you kind of, your mind kind of changes. And as you said, you might be in a place where you weren't even expecting because of this whole community, right? So, um, yeah, it's great to hear that. That's, that's one of the goals that we have for our project. The other thing that I kind of was curious is that your, your project or company, Modified Video, now you have actual customers, right? I'm pretty sure you have ran into problems that you never have anticipated because now you're really getting customers, you're, you're, you're making revenue, right? I'm curious to hear what kind of hurdles that you, you know, went through that you were not even expecting because, you know, if you don't have a customer, you don't know what's going to happen, but now you have it, 
and you're actually experiencing it. So I think that really helped a lot of people. Uh, I think what's true is like generally customers and like people using your products tend to do things that you don't really expect anybody to do with the product. They kind of push the boundaries and do different things. Sometimes like you're talking to customers and you're like this one, it's like you don't really agree with the customer, but like the customer is kind of right. Like, like oh, the customer should always be right. Like, so, so I think that's like an interesting dilemma to deal with is in terms of like, you're talking to some customers and, and they kind of say something that like, don't fully agree with, but you don't want to like really push back on. So uh, like that, that's, that's an interesting challenge that we're still learning to, to deal with. And I think everyone's experience, depending on the kind of customers you have and who they are, it's like very different, right? Like it's very different when you have companies and when you have creators and when you have customers. And like we've, we've tried a few of these segments. We've, we've tried like pivot a few times also. So we did a B2B skew. We did like, we did, now we're focusing on more creators and like people getting started something like YouTube, like each customer segment behaves very differently. And there's like something interesting about each one. And like, you know, as a founder, I'm curious about how your typical day looks like. Uh, but do you also be, in, are you also like involved in all like taking care of the customers, taking care of complaints, or are you mostly on the tech where you have um, a partner who takes care of these issues? So uh, like currently we are in like the process of like pivoting to the, the, the Figma for for video kind of thing, right? So in that pivot, it, it's a lot of like, uh, like my typical days are mostly engineering uh, uh, for the most part. It's like, I'm, I'm a technical founder, my co-founder is a technical founder. Uh, and we're, we're not building something deep tech as like a rocket or like a car, but we're building something uh, deep tech in like the software, right? like not a easy SaaS hit kind of product. Right? We're trying to build something quite difficult to build technically. So, so I do think like uh, probably 60 to uh, 75% of my week is in, is engineering. And then we just have a final question. Um, we're already like at the final question, but um, you know, to someone who's watching this podcast and I'm pretty sure they're starting, they're struggling. They want to hear from other founders because that's a high, that's how I was. Um, what would you say to someone that's just, put their foot into like this entrepreneurship, starting their company, who's just, you know, at the beginning, what kind of advice, you know, based on your experience, would you, you know, give them? Like, I, I think a lot of people, including me early on, was, was trying to like put on this CEO or founder or company or startup hat very early. And I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm very happy that for the first four, five, six months of whatever ModFi was, before it was even called ModFi, was just a side project. It was just a hack. It was just uh, an indie hacker building a side project, which is open source. If you want from like a business perspective, why that's easier, it's easier to market. People are more receptive to things like that. People like open source. You will be much more welcome around the edit. But I also think it's much easier. Like you can kind of do what you enjoy, which for most builders, hackers, is just building, uh, building products and generally build for yourself, build for a few friends. And that's a lot more fun early on. And then you can kind of roll that into something that's like bigger. Again, all of this comes with a caveat of like, I'm very early in my journey. So I take all my advice with a grain of salt. But, but I do think smarter people and more experienced people have said similar things. Um, I, I do totally agree that, you know, I think it's really important to find something that you're excited about and, you know, you want to solve something or, you know, at least be a resource um, versus I, I, I really agree that, you know, if you start a company wanting to become a CEO, wanting, you know, that's, 
and you and I, as you see, I, I see a lot of people saying they want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not doing anything. They just say that they get education, you know, MB, whatever. But um, and that's what I like about these interviews. Um, and everyone on my interview said the same thing. It's it's, it's to me like. Um, it's more valuable or there's much more to learn from someone who's like 14, 15 who built their company versus a professor at Harvard in business school. So, um, you know, I think, I think what you just uh, shared is really valuable and I wanted to thank you very much uh, for your time. So thank you very much for today's interview, Rahul. Uh, yeah, no problem. It was, it was great chatting and uh, if, if, if this helps anybody, I'm, I'm happy to have helped uh, happy to like I hope you guys can like make even more entrepreneurs and more interesting people and like connect more interesting people and give them avenues to like start. There's the sense that a lot of people have and sometimes that even I had that like there aren't enough things to build in the world and like everything is already in built. It's not nearly true. We have we have infinite problems, right? So even for the things that have been solved, you can solve them better. And for things that have not been solved, there's so many things to solve. So it's always more interesting to have many, many more entrepreneurs and many more people doing interesting things. So again, thank you very much uh, for your time today. Yeah, um, it, it was great chat. Thank you, everyone, for staying until the end of our episode with Rahul Tarak. I hope you had fun and enjoyed the journey of Rahul. Check out our other episodes to hear about the journey of the entrepreneurs we interviewed. Also, if you would like to share ideas and hang around with other entrepreneurs, please get connected on our Discord where you will find passionate people just like you. So until the next episode, hope you have a good one.